Welcome back to the Off Peak, a video series from Charged Fleet covering a variety of angles related to fleet electrification. I'm Martin Ramju, editor of Charged Fleet, and in this episode, we meet Josh Green, the CEO of Inspiration Mobility, a company that helps fleets transition to EVs. In this video, we touch upon three basics of fleet electrification. Every fleet requires its own custom plan. You don't have to do it all now, but should at least start and then take the right steps. And waiting for EV model choices and stronger batteries before electrifying will cost you more money in the long run. Now here's Josh Green. Well, thank you, Josh Green, CEO of Inspiration Mobility, for joining us on Charged Fleet. I'd like to just start off, if you could briefly tell us how you created Inspiration Mobility and what prompted you to invest in the fleet transportation sector. Sure. Well, well, first off, thanks for having me, Martin. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and your subscribers about uh, what we're doing at Inspiration and why we think now is the time to electrify fleets. Um, yeah, so briefly, how, how we created Inspiration, um, I've been in the climate clean energy world for a long time as an investor in, in uh, clean energy projects and infrastructure. And when I started looking around in early 2020 at the state of electric vehicles and battery technology and electrification, I, I came to the realization that, that really, you know, we've reached the tipping point. Um, in fact, today we're past the tipping point where battery technology and the range of commercially available vehicles you know exceed the requirements to electrify most fleet applications and so what we have is a classic market adoption issue where it's not it's no longer a it's no longer a technology risk it's no longer a technology issue it is a market adoption issue about how do you make it easy to go electric that includes financing so that you overcome the you know, higher upfront costs, as well as designing and, and, and delivering a charging solution that makes sense, because obviously this is more complex than driving into a gas station. So we saw it as, as a huge opportunity to both deliver savings, immediate savings and performance enhancements to fleet operators, while also achieving meaningful greenhouse gas reductions. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd like to kind of address the, uh, the main points here of, of what you do at Inspiration and have you walk us through some of the common barriers to fleet electrification that you've encountered. Uh, we'll start with charging infrastructure. How does the current level of infrastructure work to a fleet's advantage and what are some of the most feasible and seamless options that are out there now? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and, and to start off, I would say, I'm not sure the state of charging infrastructure does work to a fleet's advantage. It is a, whether it does or does not, is a very bespoke uh, kind of use case specific question. So for some fleets uh, where, where the majority of the vehicles are, are take home vehicles and they charge at a single family home where you can do level two home charging or even level one home charging, um, those technologies now are, are you know are cheap, proven? It's very easy to electrify those applications. Uh, depending on the size of the vehicle, depending on the routes driven, depending on uh, the duty cycles, whether the today's electrification infrastructure uh, works for a fleet is is an open question. 
And so I think that is one of the first questions that fleets need to answer as they look at the viability of fleet electrification is, you know, one, whether the current slate of vehicles that are available and charging solutions work for their, you know, for, for their business. And, and two, if the answer is yes, it's usually not the, it works for the entire fleet. It's some subset of the fleet that works immediately and, and because there are easier parts to electrify and, and more difficult parts to electrify. And so I think that's where some, some fleet planning and analysis is really necessary to understand that. I, you know, I, I, we don't believe that commercial fleets should rely on public charging infrastructure to, you know, for the majority of their, of their charging. It, it really depends, but it, given the charging times that it's not a five minute fill up at a gas station, uh, you can have major bottlenecks in your, in your business if, you know, those charges aren't available when you get there, or if you have to charge at the wrong time in your, in your duty cycle. So um, it, is a, it is an orchestrated dance that needs to be uh, conducted. And you know, one of the things we do and we advise every fleet to do is really map that out before embarking on an electrification project. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, batteries is, is, has been a big issue with uh, fleet electrification. And we're constantly hearing about how they're evolving and wanted to ask you what sort of changes and advances you foresee in the next few years that will make EVs more competitive with ICE vehicles. EVs are, are competitive and in fact are cheaper to operate than ICE vehicles in most applications. So again, it is, it's a case by case analysis, but um, certainly in, in passenger car, pickup trucks, and most of these segments, but for the upfront cost. So the upfront cost remains a little higher, but if you're gonna use that vehicle over several years, and if you're gonna drive it you know, in higher mileage or even medium mileage applications, the, the, the running cost benefits of the electric vehicle quickly eclipse the, the, the upfront cost disadvantage. And so I would say, you know, one, again, for most applications, it really depends. EVs are competitive today with, with a nice vehicle. Um, but to your point, battery, battery technology is changing all the time. Uh, range is getting longer on, on a given charge. So energy density is improving and charging speed is improving. And those are really the two big limiters if there are limiters, right? Um, and it's the third being cost, of course. Uh, so all of that is improving. I would say we, we don't expect, at least in the next few years, massive step change improvements. Now for those fleet managers who hear this and say, well, if the batteries are gonna get better and the vehicles, upfront costs are going to get cheaper. Why don't I just kind of wait, ride this out and electrify in 25 or 27 or even 2030? Um, yeah. Why not wait till it declines or why should they electrify now? Yeah, I, I totally understand that question and, and, and perspective. Here's what I would say. One, fleet electrification is not a uh, one day event, right? So for most fleets, especially the more complex your fleet, the more vehicle types, the more routing types. Um, this, is a, this is going to be a multi-month, in some cases, maybe a multi-year transition. And, and that's because of vehicle availability, right? There, there, there's a, it's, it's widely known now that there's a, a, a shortage of both any vehicle, but, but electric vehicles, there are fewer models available today than there will be in next, next year. 
and getting your hands on models, even when they're known that they're going to be, you know, produced in 2023, you want to be planning for that ahead of time because because we think inventory is going to be tight uh, and supply of vehicles is going to be tight for a while. Um, but second, as we talked about, the charging infrastructure, the right charging infrastructure for your business may take time to develop. That's not turning developing that charging infrastructure may involve utility upgrades. It may involve, you know, civil works and, 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 and projects like real estate project development, all of which take time to plan out and execute. And so the first part of my answer is this is not a one day event. So, so I think every fleet should at least be thinking about it and starting to put in, in place what we call a fleet transition plan. Um, my, the second part of my answer is because in our experience, most fleets do have some subset of their vehicles that are good candidates for electrification today that are, as we call it, kind of in the money today. It's lost savings. Every day you wait is lost savings. There, there's kind of no reason to wait. You can be saving today, getting experience with operating electric fleet. Um, and, and, you know, you can wait two years, but your competitors and, and, and partners may be moving ahead of you. So I think there's competitive pressures to at least understand this. And there's lost savings if you wait, because any, any vehicle that is in the money should be, you know, should be transitioned, right? You're paying more than you need to. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you mentioned the savings and uh, the competitiveness. Uh, as you know, the um, uh, data analytics factors a lot into uh, efficient EV operations. And I wanted to ask you, what is kind of the upside potential here for having more informed EV fleets with all the yeah. information that's being generated? Yeah, look, I mean, we think that's transformational. I mean, uh, the, the, the data from these cars and the ability to track them 24-7 um, is really allows you to do a lot of things. Plus, they're, you know, they're smarter cars. So, so whether it is uh, around safety and driver behavior, you can, you can track those things and, and, and understand how drivers are using the car uh, for, to improve safety, to improve uh, fuel economy, in this case, kind of you know, electric fuel economy. Um, you, the, the data allows you to really capture the, the total cost of ownership benefits and weigh electric vehicles one against each other because different models will have a better, better performance in your use case. And two, um, against ICE vehicle you know, comparables. So, so the data has many different benefits, uh, whether it be less, less accidents, uh, less you know, losses from, from, from a vehicle being, being stolen, being, being driven inappropriately, um, to the actual kind of performance on the routes uh, in, in terms of savings and, and, and cost advantages relative to, to an ICE vehicle. So that data over time, I mean, that data advantage starts off with some of the safety advantages we talked about. The more data there is, the more data each company has about that fleet, the more they can take informed decisions about you know, how soon to electrify other parts of the fleet. Mm -hmm. Finally, I'd like you to just elaborate a little bit on the transitional phased approach that you were uh, referencing about fleet electrification. For the fleet managers who, who want to uh, follow that, that concept, is it, is it a matter of, of phasing in vehicle types or sizes first? Is it based on duty cycles? 
what, for the fleet managers that's starting out in this, what, what are some examples of the, of the phases that they should be moving through when electrifying? Yeah, no, this is a great question. And it's, it's where we start with every customer, right? And we have customers, Martin, that only want to electrify if there's a tangible and material total cost of ownership savings that they can realize day one. We have other customers that say, we actually have made some you know, ESG or greenhouse gas or climate objectives and goals as a company, and we need to comply with that. So, so we want to do it for reasons beyond just the, 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 the dollar and cents. Um, and then the ultimate expression, you know, we, we've had some customers say, not only do I want to get a fully electric fleet for both those reasons, savings and greenhouse gas commitments, but I actually want to go farther and go to a net zero fleet where I am offsetting throughout my other business operations or with, with the purchase of commercial offsets, all the emissions associated with that car, be it something from the grid that that's charging from or whether it's charging from solar or uh, you know, even the carbon intensity associated with the manufacturing of the car. So people start this journey at different places is kind of the point. And our advice is get started on the planning today because most fleets will have certain vehicles, certain parts of their fleets that are low, low hanging fruit that are immediately available for electrification with minimal barriers. Most fleets, uh, at least if they're passenger car fleets, have some subset of their fleets that are, that are in that kind of stage one, ready to electrify. From there you go, you know, you can go down the line and, and, and yes, to your point, it depends on the vehicle type. There today, you, we don't have an EV replacement vehicle for every type of ICE commercial vehicle. So you, you know, the first thing we do is look at all the vehicle types in a given fleet how many miles they drive, where they live you know, overnight, what the duty cycle is. And we kind of separate them into, okay, these are ready for electrification today. These are phase two, which will maybe require waiting for the right vehicle to come out or, and or I should say, uh, you know, installing charging in certain locations to make sure that, that you can satisfy the, the requirements of your duty cycle. And then there's stage three, which is, you know, you maybe need to solve both those issues and wait, there's just not the right commercial vehicle out or it is, it is out, but it's too expensive. And so we kind of put together a transition plan, which we consistently update as incentives change, as new vehicles come out. And, and on the charging infrastructure side, we recommend our customers, once we've mapped that all out together, begin to take the steps to install, plan for, and potentially install whatever charging infrastructure they need, if it's going to be a centralized kind of depot type charging, because that often is the longest pole in the tent, right? That can take a long time if you have to work with utilities mm -hmm. and you have to work with you know, your real estate, your landlord. Those are long duration projects that if you know you're going to be doing your phase two or phase three fleet electrification in a year, makes sense to get started today. Yeah, I'm realizing with all the points we talked about today, we could probably spin each of these off into their own episode. So we certainly right. hope to have you back at some point. So Josh Green, CEO of Inspiration Mobility, thank you very much for, for joining us today for your time and insights. And we hope to see you again soon. Great. Thanks very much, Martin. Really enjoyed it. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. A special thank you to Josh Green of Inspiration Mobility on why fleets should not be intimidated by transitioning to EVs. Let us know down in the comments any of your thoughts or views about your journey to fleet electrification, no matter where you are in the steps. Please remember to follow and connect with us on social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and sign up for our weekly Charged Fleet e-newsletter to stay up to date on the latest industry news and episodes of The Off-Peak. This series is also available on all major podcast platforms. I'm Martin Ramju with Charged Fleet. Thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you again here on another pulsating episode of The Off-Peak. <laughs>